Okay, so we continue on the uh, the topic of uh, restrictions as far as competition in business is concerned. It says, If you have two parties, a merchant and a customer, who are in the middle of negotiating the uh, the price and the terms, and they're far, along, far enough along in the negotiation that if you were to not interfere, they would iron out all of those differences and the wrinkles and they'd come to a, an agreement. So even though they haven't even reached the, all of the, the, the final agreements, the final uh, terms, nonetheless, if it's likely that they were going to reach those terms, it was just a matter of time and negotiation, so some opinions maintain that interfering even at that point is already, that's already a point of no return where you should not be uh, interfering. <coughs> However, now this is an important thing, So even though the buyer, made the customer, maybe uh, towards the end of the negotiation with the seller, and he thinks that we're, you know, within the next couple of days, we'll iron out all of those differences and we'll come to, uh, to terms that we both agree on. If the mocher still wants, if the seller still wants to go ahead and uh, receive other offers and he leaves the, uh, the house, let's say, on the market so that other people could come along and, uh, and make offers... And as long as it's the seller who is still seeking additional offers, then it's perfectly permitted for customers to come along and, uh, and uh, offer something, offer a, a, a different price. So this is something which is, we'll see in the next case, the next halacha as well. This is something which is important to keep in mind, that the restriction is specifically on a fellow customer. So one customer's negotiating terms wants to buy it. For somebody else to interfere as a customer, that's not allowed. If the mocher himself, if the merchant himself wants to keep the, the, uh, the uh, item on the market so that he can see if it's possible to get better offers, so there's no restriction against him doing so. We don't lock him in in a way which is going to be harmful to his, uh, to his interest. Now, davar zeh nogea gam lahatsa'at avodah. Eitzel poel sha'oved etzel masik. So this idea is also going to be relevant when you are, um, are you want to go to, a, you know that somebody is a good employee, and you want to go ahead and recruit a potentially good employee from his current employment, and you want to bring him over into your business so he should be able to work for you, a good manager, a good administrator, whatever it happens uh, to be. Uh, and you want to go ahead and convince him to come work by you. So that's not allowed. So to go ahead and to go after somebody else's employee or another employee who basically has negotiated the terms that he's going to work by so-and-so, and you're going to try and recruit him to you, said also is considered to be this uh, this, uh, this is something which is aser. But Virakima Ovid But in that circumstance, if the employee himself is out looking for another job, and it's, it's, it's clear that he's out looking for another job, and he's not looking to remain with his current employer, then you could offer him a job. Then you could see if you could offer him terms that are going to be acceptable to him. But it's only when he made that initial move of telling people that, uh, that he's looking for a job or whatever it is. And then we get Shilas uh, related to this. What exactly is going to be that tipping point where you could say, yes, this employee is, uh, is looking for another job. The example is somebody updates their, uh, their resume on LinkedIn. 
So if they update their resume on LinkedIn, does that say, yes, this person is looking for another job, and therefore you could go ahead and you could cold call him and try and bring him over to, uh, to work for you? Or do you have to have something which is a little bit more concrete or a little bit more solid, or maybe you have to have heard specifically that the person is looking for, uh, for another person? So there's a lot of gray area as far as when do you cross the line and when you would, uh, it would still be safe. Yes? That's right. Yeah, it does have to be public. It's just, if he tells you directly, then you know for sure he's looking for another job. Here, the gray area is when he didn't tell you directly, but he put something out. Okay. So you, if you're not sure if it's a known thing, whether he said it, whether he's really put it out, whether he's really looking. Then, right, then may, maybe yes. Now, you're right. There, so one of the, there are certain industries where poaching is, seems to be the regular manner of doing business. That's just the way it, it happens. Uh, it, happens uh, it happens all the time. It could be in those industries. Chaim says, he writes, you know, in theory in his svarim that it would be mutter because then there's no loyalty and everybody's always looking for a job and uh, everybody goes after whoever's giving them the highest offer so they'll immediately go ahead and, and grab that. Um, Lemaisa, when Shilas come in, Rukhaim is usually more hesitant on a Lemaisa level to actually say, yes, go ahead and tell that person it's going to be uh, permitted. So uh, it's, uh, it's worthwhile uh, you know, to, uh, to ask a Shilas as those things uh, arise. Is that something or not? Yeah, Steve? Yeah, so, so, so the, 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 once you do so, so it raises a whole bunch of shilas because usually employer, at least the people that I, I've spoken to, so the current employer tells the secretary not to give out the administrator's number, not to give out the whatever. They're very protective of those people that they don't want somebody poaching them. So you call up the person and say, can I speak to so-and-so? What's this concerning? So now they want to know, are they allowed to lie about what is concerning in order to be able to get that person on the phone so they could go ahead and uh, make them the offer? Or are they not allowed to, to lie? How do they, uh, they manage those things? So a whole bunch of shilas arise for those who want to be uh, ehrlich, those who want to be uh, completely honest uh, with uh, the way they do business. It becomes a very difficult thing. There are certain businesses which probably uh, are not going to match well with the Rapam, you know, type of uh, you know, approach to the, to the world. Yes? Being a recruiter is something which uh, certainly in, in, in some industries, yeah, that's, uh, it's going to be a problem. If, if the people come to, uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, it, it, and they're grabbing them from people because you, you, you want the people who are already settled in a job because you know that they're, uh, they're capable and they're, uh, yeah. yeah. So that, that, that's where Chaim Svar comes in, is that really nowadays there's no loyalty and everybody will go after whoever's you know, offering the best, uh, the best uh, offer. So that's what I said. The Rechaim, in theory, says, yeah, in many things it doesn't apply. Many industries it does not apply. Um, but Lamaisa, he's, he's very hesitant to, I guess, be the, the name behind the ruling that's, uh, that's being made on this. Do you know if it makes a difference if the employer is a Jew? Um, do you know if that factors into it? Or I, I don't think that makes a difference. Okay. I don't think it makes a difference. <laughs>